Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Weird Science Marvel Comics podcast, a Star Wars episode, which means I'm here with my man, Matt. What up, Matt? What up, Jim? What up? And we have two books again this week. We have, I don't know why, a tie-in to Hidden Empire that's over. And yep. then we end up having, you know, a Bounty Hunters deal that says at the end the conclusion is coming next issue, and we'll talk a little bit about that as well. But we're going to start with Star Wars Dr. Afra, a book that we tried to really enjoy for a while, and we liked it for a while, but mm-hmm. it's really taken a nosedive. And, and it's behind all the other books and numbering, and now we have a tie-in to Hidden Empire that already happened. And it's a weird play. It's one of those things. It's a Star Wars thing, because I'll tell you, you end up getting the New Hope crawl. Hey, let's make a movie out of that. Let's make Rogue One. This one, you get what was a decent three pages in that last issue of Hidden Empire when Afra gets confronted by Vader. Vader knocks the Spark Eternal out of her, then leaves her, which we thought was odd, but leaves her to go to the Fermata Cage. And then, you know, we ended up seeing that the spark or maybe even it's weird at the end. Maybe it was just Miral. I don't know. It didn't look as ominous as, say, the spark would have mm-hmm. in this, but ends up going in the Fermata cage. Hey, if we want to use that later, we can. I doubt it. But so everything seemed to be like, the OK, it's close shut. I thought that this issue we would go in, obviously have one or two pages retelling that for people who may not have read. The Hidden Empire, which is odd because that is very the Hidden Empire whole deal was very Afrocentric, at least with what was going on. Kofan Ferris, the Fermata Cage, Spark Eternal, all that stuff going. I thought we'd get like a, you know, little recap of that and then see what happens after. Let's get moving forward. Instead, Alyssa Wong retells the thing in a weird way that doesn't seem like it all matches up. No, And it also is the idea, like, I'd rather have those three pages. Like, That's this all you needed. ends up where people show up in one panel, they're not in the other. Then they just end up like, I, at one point, who were the, oh, they were in the book before, but we haven't seen them in, in months. But now they're there for one page and then just all wacky. And then a weird play that we'll talk a little, we won't go too much, but. Afra then becomes one of the most hateful people in all of the story. <laughs> yeah. The funny play, you are in a issue that has Darth Vader, yet Afra is the most hateful person in it. I'm like, that doesn't make <laughs> sense. Uh, and being hateful in a weird way for Alyssa Wong to a character that we ended up creating, I guess. But yeah. it is it is Star Wars Dr. Afra number 30, written by Alyssa Wong, art by Minkyu Young. Colors by Rachel Rosenberg, letters by VCs Joe Caramagna. It's Shatter. Oh. Afra and the Sparks Uneasy Alliance continued through their journey in the Ascendance Temple on Pier 9. However, after reliving some of Mural's memories, the shared body of the Spark and Afra discovered another Ascendant artifact, one that the Spark used to silence Afra. Meanwhile, Sonastaris and her crew, along with Kofan Ferris, have developed a plan involving the ancient Fermata cage to capture the spark and remove it from Afra's body. Oh, is that what it was? I it guess. all <laughs> leads to a Maxine station that was never really spelled no, out. We, no. we ended up having this, okay, we're going to head here, we're going to get all these people involved, but we really haven't had things. And what's weird about this is, is that now that I think about it, Charles Sewell for the Hidden Empire... Whether or not he liked these ideas 
or maybe it was something that editorial was pushing. Okay, let's do that. However, they came up with it. You realize that Charles Sewell's like, okay, I'm just going to get the stuff that might be interesting enough. You keep all the rest of your nonsense because this ends up being the rest of the nonsense mm-hmm. that we end up getting in this. And we do end up having a bit of a recap of what happened, but it's, it's a bit different. And that's what drives me nuts in this where you end up having, yeah, Afra there with the spark using the null blade ends up attacking Darth Vader, but Darth Vader ends up, you know, pushing the deal, not even really played out well in this, but ends up pushing the Spark Eternal out using a force push. But at this point, everybody's watching because we do end up seeing while all that started out, you do get Sonastaros, Just Lucky, Ariel, you and Magna Tolvin are coming in. And the weird play is that I do you think Kofan is there with them? Or she meets up with them later because when they talk about her, you know, they talk about her and they say a Maxine station and Crimson Dawn's attack fleet, just like Co said, as if she's or they're not there. And yet when you get the, they're there. And then I'm it's like, where, and then I'm like, who's that? And where's Ephra's <laughs> dad? What, what is happening? Because people just kind of come in and out and the group that we have gets bigger and smaller each page, but they end up. They, they go in, and I mean, I'm telling you, it's just a lot of nonsense. Hey, uh, Ariel, are you going to be able to navigate through this big dogfight? I think so. Okay, but we better watch out for that fleet of Star Destroyers. All right, and then they go, and, and the whole play, too, where, I don't, do you think Alyssa Wong at this moment, when she, she wrote this, were they told the idea of, like, listen, the Fermata Cage is a big dupe. Like, it's not anything. It's not going to be anything because Alyssa Wong's still trying to play it up as if this is the yeah, big I don't, thing. Yeah, I don't know. You I'm unclear I mean? on that because it's, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. And even with the deal, because of the dupe, and if you weren't reading The Hidden Empire, at the end, this whole idea of the Sith being in the Fermata Cage, I thought that the Fermata Cage, why it was having this wave of the Force and why it was was because of the Sith that was supposed to be in it. But then we don't have that in it. And then at the end, instead of the idea, it opens. And they keep saying it in this. Kofan will say it like, oh, my God, when that Fermata cage opens, it starts feeding off. Anything near it will die. But yet later, Emperor and Darth are just standing there. I mean, they're standing right next to it. And a disc Mm -hmm. pops out. Nothing really happens. So all of this doesn't play out well. But you continue again. You have a longer battle with Darth and Afra, but for some reason Alyssa Wong cannot plot this out as well and so when you get it also did you think that when Darth pushing the spark out which seemed a little odd but it looks pretty good that's a cool page yeah then you go to the next page and it really seems like the art takes a huge dip like you ended up having like something rushed, like, oh, we got to put this. I, I don't get it. They don't show the, the spark flying away or doing Leaving. anything. Yeah, yeah, nothing. It's just where you end up where Afra says, oh, my God, the spark's gone. And then looks, oh, no, it's you, Darth Vader. But the weird play is, too, is that remember when all this would go down, Afra was still pretty. Sen- she knew what was going on around her. She just mm-hmm. couldn't control it. So. Having her like, oh, my God, Darth Vader, where'd you come from? Oh, my God. It seemed weird. But then while this is going on, Darth ends up, you know, pretty much de 
lightsabers, the lightsaber he heads off to the Emperor and leaves Aphra there. So how is this going to continue? This is the stuff that we saw in the Hidden Empire. Now Alyssa Wong has to come up with a story. You know, what and she says the spark just re-enters Aphra. Flies right back in. Why? Don't why why do that? We already and and so that is what I said in the Hidden Empire. Was that just the spirit of Meryl who went into the trap disc, or was it the spark? Because the spark ends up dying here for it doesn't make sense because (laughs) you end up where this is the best too. This is where I was saying like all of a sudden now we have the kill droids. Why are they fighting them? What are they doing? No, I did. Everything that happens in this just kind of happens to to happen. You end up having, oh, my God. And then now the crew with Sana is twice as big now. Then it's not. Then it is. And you end up having the kill droids going where they're just everything feels so heavy handed of, okay, editorial told me the kill droids can't go on from here. So I'll do this. And everything's like like this. And in that, too, like the spark just goes goes back into Here's the play. I'm telling you, we'll get done this now quick because I'm getting angry. But the idea, <laughs> Alyssa Wong ends up, and I I swear to God, she ends up finding out about Hidden Empire and goes, what? Darth Vader got the spark out of Afro? Well, bull crap to that. Mm-hmm. I want Sana and the crew and Kofan Ferris to do that. So what I'll do is it just reenters. Darth Vader leaves. The spark reenters Afro so that you can now take it out again. That is not good storytelling. It's not good storytelling. While that's going on, everybody's fighting everyone. (laughs) The Fermata cage is going on in the background. We get characters we haven't seen for a while. It is really a bunch of nonsense. It really is. And so then you end up where by the end, the play is, if somebody else knows better than us, but Afra is kind of now sentient to what's going on around her, says, I already have. A part of the spark, but is that is she saying Meryl is that other part? This is where I think Don't that know. we need some explanation, right? I would think it has to be though. You're, I mean, yeah. What else I, would I it guess be? that's what it is. And you're going to separate them. You're going to get them out. But pretty much what they're doing here is, hey, son, get that null blade, <laughs> shove it right and shove it into my cute chest. She says, yeah, that was and weird. that will do. It. I love the idea where, and I hate this. In comics so much If you don't have an explanation Of how things really work Don't bring it up Don't have somebody say well It actually is part ah, Don't worry about it yeah. we don't have time for that Why do that all you're doing is Pointing out that you have no idea How these things would work in your story But you're afraid somebody's going to Call you on it so you just make it worse You make it worse by saying that Atlas starts to kind of explain the sword but there's no explanation and just says we don't have time and it's too complicated. So all that going down, <laughs> Afra needs to have the sword shoved in her, as she says, cute chest. So <laughs> everybody comes running to her. Everybody's worried. Everybody loves Afra, right? I think that's a TV show. But you end up where Kofan Ferris shows up. <laughs> and out of nowhere, Afra says, "I uh, oh, you're here too. Oh, man, I thought I'd at least get to die surrounded by beautiful women. What? What is that? That That is like, what? what is that? If that would have uh, been anything else, people would have lost their damn minds. Number one, nobody reads the book. 
So they don't <laughs> care. Number two, I don't even think people even know Kofan Ferris. But if you're not aware, Kofan Ferris is a trans character. Yes. So the idea uh, created, I believe, by Alyssa Wong. And yep. really, in as this far as book, I know. if you've been reading Afra, one of actually the better developed characters in this mm-hmm. whole deal, because Alyssa Wong took a lot of time to give you this background. And we do like Kofan Ferris. At this point, Kofan Ferris is kind of like, all right, you're, you're kind of overstayed your welcome a bit. You are here. You're a device for all this Plot ascendant device, tech, yeah. and we need to get we're. I'm more sick of the Ascendant stuff than Kofan Ferris, but Kofan Ferris is connected to at the hip to the Ascendant stuff. But first off, why didn't you just Kofan Ferris, in my mind, where they say at one point, you either have to kill the spark or it has to go into somebody else. I think Kofan Ferris would have been fine with it. It's Ascendant stuff. That's what they would. And it gives you some, hey, just come on. You know, I'll take on the spark eternal. Come on in. But instead of that, you have the, the sword, but what, what does Afra mean by that? I thought I would be surrounded. Either you're saying that Kofan Ferris is just ugly, or you're saying, hey, you're a dude. Like, I, I did. Either way is awful. I yeah, don't get it. Very I odd. don't get that deal. But there you go. You have that. So everything's just shoved in, like the sword in the average chest that really, how does this even work? They jam it into her, and then it flies off into the Fermata cage, it looks like. I don't <laughs> yes. know. What's... Yeah, and so is it that, or was it the other Meryl? Because then you even have that deal in the memory box. Yeah, I don't like the memory box. Meryl <laughs> deserved more. Yes, he did. All right, we're done. I'm going to wait. It's not even an emotional deal. Where it, Why wouldn't you have – me and you love Meryl. Cute as a button. It's a cool character that did not get enough. Uh, it wasn't written well enough. Yeah. Cute enough. Little bat girl. Yeah. Little woman. You could have had at least a little bit of an attempt at an emotional scene here because this is where you didn't. Alyssa Wong fudged it up, but this was who Afra was in with, that you know, of the mind in the body when the spark took over and learned a lot from Meryl. And Meryl actually inspired Afra to fight. All that stuff. So at the end, with this play of I want to be free, but it's going to end up doing something bad to you. You could have at least had them hug or something like that of the mind because they're in the mind. But no, it's just like, oh, you deserve better. And the sparks. And then Afro wakes up, sees all the people around her probably like, oh, you're still here. Ugly. (laughs) (laughs) Like, really? And then. Like, oh, my God, what's happening? My eyes, why are they raining? My eyes are raining. Yeah, she goes, wait, why are my eyes? Am I I crying? Yeah, you're crying. Yeah, you are. The only (laughs) other thing you had is Afra as she – did you get the funny play as too? Alyssa Wong's really trying to give us this tension of, oh, my God, is Afra going to survive, please? (laughs) We've already seen this all go. Oh, my goodness. So right as she's about to, like, pass out because of this, she yells to Sana, I love, and, like, almost like the mm-hmm. Fonz. She couldn't say it. She ended up passing out. But there you go. I'm like, here's all the people around. I hardly knew any of you, and let's get the hell out of this. I mean, by the end, you're like, okay. We now spent a whole issue making a scene that we had in the Hidden Empire worse. That's yeah. how it ends for me. I know that you're supposed to be getting some feels here. I got no feels except anger and laughed at it. And it just didn't make sense compared to and, and put against the 
Hidden Empire books. So by the end, the art got wonky at one point. I don't know if things were changed, but I seriously, I I hate to say when things are like this needs to be canceled, but it at least needs a a change in creative teams. I, Alyssa Wong is doing nothing on this book. Can't tell a story, and it's very obvious as this has progressed. And you're getting more and more in depth with a lot of the other books and tying into events and things like that. You have to realize that this is the, you know, short end of the stick here. This book is not doing as well as the others telling stories, doing anything needs to have a change. It really does. It's nonsense. What would you give it? I'm going to go real low on this one. 4.5. I'm a four. I hate to do it, but I mean, that's what it is. It just keeps getting worse and worse. It it just, and just if you if you read Hidden Empire and you like like okay I get it you don't need to read this you don't need to read it at the end it's just you know hey I got the spark again now it's out all right let's go and we'll see what happens next but having read Hidden Empire lowers my score considerably knowing that it just messed up what I did kind of like about that issue it it, it and whatever like we say it messed it up but it more like muddied it. I don't even know. Like, it's like, I don't know. It didn't what need to be touched. It did not even need to be touched. Even when we end, like now, when we end, I'm like, I don't care. Spark Eternal? Get out of town. I don't like Spark Eternal. I don't like Ascendant Tech. I don't like Formata Cages. I don't like uh, any, a lot of this stuff. And the the thing that I worry, if you're a Kofun Ferris fan, I guess Kofun might continue. But if it was me, at the point, I think that you needed to have Kofun really really upset and really figuring out you know what this ascendant stuff is bull pucky like it's not i devoted my life to nonsense i now need to do something else because i don't want ascendant tech anymore Mm -hmm. it was a neat idea it really (laughs) was some people who ended up where we thought they were trying to ape the sith with tech but then we find out that they were actually against the sith but it's still that tech but it never really did anything with it. It kind of just was in a holding pattern for a while. At points, you're, okay, you got magnet gloves, but now you didn't. Yep. Yeah, it's, it's nonsense. Four. We'll move on to the next book. And the next book I like a little bit more. It is kind of a weird play by the end that it says to be concluded. I actually was like, did it get canceled? And I didn't realize. <laughs> and then I looked, what's going to happen coming up? And I think it might be. A little rushed. I actually think there's still some things that probably could have been ironed out before. But we have one last issue, it seems. And then there's going to be a big change in the group. You're still going to have Valance. Seems like you're still going to have Tonga. But you're going to add Boba Fett and a couple other people. I wish that we were actually fully adding IG-88. Because he shows up here. And I always love when he shows up. One of the things, though, that I'll ask you. What the hell is up with Dengar? He's on the cover, but we have not seen him. He sold everybody out and has disappeared. <laughs> yeah, where is and he? And I need him to come back, and I want him to be in the book again. He was fun. He was the Ochi of of this comic book, relief. right? He yeah, was the comic yeah. relief, a guy who thought that he had one step ahead of everyone, but was always messing up. And it really did add something to the book. Like, I mean, Forlom and Zuckus did as well. Bosk, I like. He really doesn't add much. He really, he, you know, he says his S's, right? And mm-hmm. also he's mad at Valance. That's, he's always just angry. But it's kind of cool. I mean, in this, they actually spell out. I mean, give him full props. They say he's the second most dangerous bounty hunter. 
in the universe, I think that that will not compute with IG-88. The IG-88 is going to run that through the computer Jeez, and say... It's pretty deadly. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I would go. Now, Dengar is a joke, and we love him because of that, but seriously. Bosk is pretty bad, but remember, Bosk was left to die. Yeah, that frozen planet. Yeah, yeah so who knows? But this is Star Wars Bounty Hunters, number 33, written by Ethan Sachs, art by Paolo Villanelli, colors by Reef Piano, and it is in the... It's funny, too. In the crosshairs of Inferno Squad, part one, Yes, it might just be two parts. It's a very odd thing at the end that says to be concluded. But yeah. Balance has escaped from Darth Vader with the help of Tonga and her fellow bounty hunters. But their problems are just beginning. The elite Imperial unit knows the Inferno squad is uh, hounding them across the galaxy. The crew of the Edgemark has managed to temporarily evade their pursuers, but damage sustained in their escape has forced them to the surface for repairs at a remote space port. They are more vulnerable. There, then they realized basically because that was all the plan of the Inferno Squad. They knew this was going to happen. Meanwhile, IG88 is leaving a trail of dead bodies across the underworld as the Empire continues to put bounties on the heads of Crimson Dawn's allies. But his next target, the unbroken clan leader Vukra, is in more immediate peril from her own syndicate. The IG88 stuff is kind of thrown in. It didn't seem very well developed, but it makes yeah. sense. It makes yeah, yeah. sense enough. But here's the thing that that gets me is. Are you into this Inferno squad? I mean, is this Not something that you're like, man, I got to get to know this version. And he- they are. And you know why it re- it reminds me of it's not why, but what it reminds me of is the Knights of Ren, who everybody loved the night, like the concept and the cool. All right. But when we actually got them in the book, yeah, they're kind of we like the little guy. And, and yeah. all that, but they didn't really do anything. And this feels like if you didn't have the Inferno Squad, you would have just had the Knights of Ren when they end up, hey, we saved you. Oh, you're going to work under me. You have to do this. It would have just been them. It's it just the Inferno Squad seems like a cool name and a cool deal, but we don't really develop them much. And I really don't care too much about them. Mm-hmm. But you do get it's weird, too, because in this part where and I think Ethan Sachs does a pretty good job. We We like this book, but the Inferno Squad are the people I don't know. Yet in this, you have the Inferno Squad detailing the characters that I do know. I don't really need <laughs> yeah. that. I think that there's a bit of a you know uh, a deal here that might be flip flop because I don't need to know that Boss, the second most feared bounty hunter, or Zuckus, the finds. We know all this. It's a weird roll call recap that we didn't need when you have three characters that I know nothing about, and luckily. <laughs> You end up, hey, Commander Versio. I'm like, or Versia. I'm like, I don't know who that is. Plus, by the end, you get the one guy's name, Hosk, but I don't know that we get the third one. I, <laughs> we'll have to see as we go through. I'm like, I don't know anything about these characters that are telling me everything about the characters that I know that we've had in every issue. So it's kind of an odd little recap, but maybe, maybe this is the play where. Okay, Ethan Sachs is already setting up. We're going to change this team. More people will probably read it with Boba Fett. So they'll go back to this. This will be in that trade. Maybe that's why it's, you know, part one. And then you have to spell it out to new readers. It really does feel like that. It feels mm-hmm. like they're wanting people to jump on here, uh, which is odd because some of this stuff would make no sense. I mean, Vukara showing up, all that would make no sense to somebody that's new. Uh, but they end up spelling out the team. We see what's going on, though. Did you like when they say <laughs> Tonga's wife, Lasha, 
said to be an expert sharpshooter. You're like, yeah, for about no. three weeks. Now. Yeah, she just learned how to do I that. I love that it's one of those where if you call it out, and I say to Ethan Sex, what are you talking about? I mean, <laughs> he's like, no, no, no. It says, is said to be. It's a rumor. It's not yeah. true. Like, you could get away. Everyone else has talked about solid fact. And then when you get to lie, her wife, Lasha, is said to be an expert search. I'm like, really? All right. I mean, there's not much to her other than she fired a gun one time and was pretty good at it. And she had the taste for blood. Yeah. Here's here's it. what Lasha's the best. <laughs> she, she, she could shoot a gun out of nowhere. And has a had a pet monster that <laughs> got killed there you by Fukuro. It's the only two. And yet, those two things have driven this book more than they probably should. And I like Lasha. But I like Lasha as that anchor to Tonga to kind of say, we, we got to stop this. We got to get back. And I actually think when I saw the whole, you know, deal of this new team, I am worried that at one point Lasha has something happen and just says, hopefully she doesn't die, but she might just say, this isn't for me. I'm heading back to the farm and they might get in a little, you know, maybe a little fight, but I think it would be Tonga saying, I got to finish this. I got to go. She does. It does set up here. She is very, I don't know, loyal to Valance, but actually Valance is like her only quote unquote friend, she says. Mm -hmm. And that life does not have a lot of friends because again, you do have Valance who does have some honor. He does have some things. So he's going to fight. And there's, there's two things in this too, that, when I read the idea that they're going to change up the team, it makes complete sense. Tasu goes full out now, 150% of the idea that nobody treats him well. We've had it before where he ends up being told, don't kill anybody. And then yeah. he does and they get mad. But in this one, he's really like, nobody respects me. Nobody thinks I'm anything in this team. And we know that he goes off at some point. I think that's where that is. And... Balance and Bosk, I think it's one of those, I, if he doesn't leave, I'm leaving. Okay, Bosk, hit the skids. Or Bosk just says, I'm out because I don't think mm-hmm. he's in the team as well coming up. So you do have a bunch of things here that, uh, you know, kind of wink, wink points to it. Uh, I just went for a while thinking that Tasu was a lady. Uh, that's yeah, how bad I was. And even <laughs> in this, when you see that hologram, I'm like. I looked at it just now. I had the same thought. Actually, when I first saw the, di- I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> that was Lasha at first it took before I read it, just seeing the things. I'm like, who's that? Oh, oh, there's Tasu. Um, yeah. I like Tasu though. Tasu's pretty cool. And I, I like this team though, because it did have that friction going on with it and there's some crazy stuff going. So that's a pretty cool deal. But with all this, you end up having a big fight between Bosk and Valance. You end up where Tasu gets in the middle. That's when he says, Hey, uh, I'm sick of this nonsense. Nobody ends up giving me any respect. He's the Rodney Dangerfield of the Edge Hawk here. And then you end up having Tonga come in as well and like, hey, guys, cut it out. And then mm-hmm. says, you know, me and Forlom, we're going to go off and we're going to get this drive fixed. They're at that station that the uh, Inferno squad knew they would go to. They're really just waiting in the wings to pounce on them. They have to do that. In the meantime, Valance and Boss, you work things out, the rest of you. Repair the outside of the ship. It looks like crap. Pimp my ride is what she says <laughs> as they go. I'm like, all right, we'll see how this goes. But again, there's a funny play by the end because poor Forlom, this guy keeps getting commandeered by everybody. I mean, his head has to be spinning. I also like that they do full out spell out the deal that he was a protocol droid. 
that he ended up reprogramming himself. That was a cool. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I like to that. let people know that the Feinsman stuff makes me laugh though when when we go to that because we we dealt so much with that and really what it is I like when they say it Suckus a grand Feinsman with otherworldly tracking skills that means he rolls the chicken bones and sits there and says nonsense <laughs> like we saw earlier but. You have this, and you have the Inferno Squad. They're waiting in the wings. You have the rest of them kind of like, hey, you know, what do we do? This stinks. Let's get out of here. All that stuff. You do have Luscious, you know, hey, I love you. I like when you act leadery. But really, it, it just kind of plays out the deal. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, we get this Vukura scene. Mm-hmm. And we know that Kedalia was taken by Kira. Kira kind of put her under her wing, taught her things. We're waiting to see how that plays out. And even in this, Valance says he he's into two things. Cadelia has got to go find her and also get Han Solo. So and the, Tonga says, we're not dealing with your crap. Shut up. But in this, I guess as it goes, you have to make a ch- I don't know. It feels weird, right? Fukura shows up mm-hmm. to the unbroken clan, says, hey, everybody, I knew you were going to kill me tonight in my sleep. So I figured I'd come here and I, I retire. I I don't want anything to do with this. Yeah. I quit. I have all the money. She's you know really going to town in that chair. She's really enjoying that. But she's drinking some fancy wine that she got from Alderaan. I love that. That's like oh my. <laughs> yeah, she's like this was expensive before Alderaan blew up, and I grabbed this from the, the Crimson Dawn. So you have that, and she's dripping it all over herself too. But yeah, sloshing. Yeah, it she's there, and she says, "I'm done." You guys, you're going to end up ruining it anyway. We're going to do all this. And then IG-88 shows up and it's like, I'm here <laughs> to kill Vukura, who is the leader of the Unbroken Clan. Like, oh, and man. And all subordinates. Yeah. I'm like, there you go. And and I love the idea that IG-88 just starts <laughs> picking people off and he's like, you are nobody. <laughs> you are a low-level accomplice. Yeah. He's doing it. I, I wish that this <laughs> was something. And I swear to God, he makes like the cash register sound. Cha-ching. Yeah. Cha-ching. That's what the cha-ching. guns sound like. Cha-ching. Cha-ching. He's that going. He's trying to make some money. It, it's a weird play. It's a weird scene just to throw this in there where Vukra says, Yeah, I kind of done with this. Because we don't see how it plays out. That's it. No, we don't. Right. And so we'll yeah. have to see the deal. And the idea that they, the others against Vukra, they bring up Kedalia, this thing. I think that maybe it just ends with Kedalia somehow. I, I don't know. I actually thought, because you don't know who's showing up, I actually thought it was Kedalia with a bunch of guys or something like that, but it ends up being Vukra. But a weird scene that she says, I, I don't really want to deal with you guys anymore. So then we go, and then that's where we see the Inferno squad. They're waiting. They know where Tonga and Forlom are going to go get this drive. And that's what happens. They end up showing up, and you end up having this Commander Aversio go head to head against Tonga. They look like they could be sisters, quite frankly. You yeah. end up where they're going to go against each other. I'm like, which is, oh, you're that. And, and they're punching each other. They end up, why don't we go hand to hand? Because I heard you were really good at that, Tonga. All huh, right, I guess we will. And they start punching and kicking. And yeah, by the end, this other guy, that's where I said you get this guy's name, Hask. He's had enough. He just shows up and gets the butt end of his rifle and just knocks out Tonga. They end up doing this deal where they get, and they already took out Forlom. They're going to reprogram him, and luckily, Versio looks like Tonga. She's going to disguise herself to go back to the ship. I don't know why you're getting that 
crazy involved, but you're going to go and really remember that they're trying to get and either eliminate, delete, whatever, the whole Valance deal because they, Darth Vader thinks, oh, my God, he looked at the new Death Star plans. Yep. And we said that by that, it didn't really matter that much because the Rebels already knew that that was a thing and they have two other people that were engineering it. So it's not that important, but Darth Vader doesn't really know that. So they want to delete Valance's memory. Remember when this all came about, we're like, I think Valance might go for it. He just like willingly say, I just want to get all this. This is nonsense. Exactly. But that's how it ends. You end up where, oh, hey, here's Tonga. Hey, what are you doing? Great. You're ba- oh, no, it's not you. How long do you think till they realize it's not her? Like, to get in the ship, It maybe? would be funny. It's like they get in the ship. All week. Losh is there. <laughs> you know what? I really want to go back to the farm. You end up where this Mercio is just playing the role the whole time. We realize that. It goes that on way too long. We realize Losha doesn't really know her wife, right? Just going on with it. They end up, it's actually, it's like the uh, South Park deal with the cop. It goes five years on the fifth <laughs> anniversary of all this. Freeze! You end up where she reveals herself. Oh, but it's nonsense. It's nonsense. But it's okay. <laughs> this really feels like, it says, and it's next, the shocking conclusion. And when I saw that, up until that point, I thought, this is weird. There's a weird pacing. There's some weird things going on with characters. Yeah. Like I said about Tasu really going in and this fight. You realize what this is, is, okay, this is that typical setup to a finale. It's just kind of a conclusion of the story, it seems, to get this new team in. So it makes sense why some of this thing, they feel off, but it still feels off. What would you give it? 7.5. I think I'm a 7. I I could even go to a 7.5. I like the art. I like the characters. Yeah, it's standard. Uh, But there's it's one of those things. We're now at 33 issues. You kind of need a change. You really do. Which we'll get at 35, right? Yeah, it looks like 35 will be a a new deal. Uh, Reserve judgment till then, I guess. Yeah, but I I could see that, you know, giving us a little spark eternal. We could end up, you know, hey, Boba Fett. I'm not a huge fan of putting Boba Fett in books like that, but it makes sense. It's a bounty hunter's book. So Boba Fett comes in. That ties into Han with Valance. They already had this background. You'll get, you know, a lot of friction there. And the rest of the team might be pretty cool. Uh, so we'll see. Yeah. But uh, I think it is, you know, something that we need to change up and get moving forward with. So with all that, though, that is it. Wish we liked Afro more. That book should either get a creative team change or canceled immediately. That is my <laughs> edict to the Marvel deal. But we'll see. Maybe maybe it's one of those things that Alyssa Wong caught up in this whole nonsense story. Maybe she can even write the book herself. And I don't mean write the book, I mean write the ship and say, you know, okay, let's put this ascendant stuff, let's get back to classic Afra. I think that what she needs to do is go and read the original Afra series to kind of get that feel back in this book. And coming up, as long as the solicits are right, Afra does seem to work with Luke and Vader, so maybe that'll do it. Maybe that'll be something we can do. I get. think she can do it if she if she completely refreshes it and tries something new. I think her problem is is that she tends to get an idea and it's a weird play. She doesn't develop it much over a long period of time. Like she stays with the idea yeah. a long time but never develops it properly. So by the end, you just want to get out. I mean, this this ascendance stuff has been going on for years now, and it's just too much, and nothing really about it 
was interesting beyond the concept, the way that she wrote it. It could have really been a cool deal, but mm-hmm. we, we talked about it like uh, over and over. Like, are we going to hear about this ascendant stuff years from now? And my answer was no. We'll, we'll be, it'll be like a side note. Remember that ascendant stuff? That was bullcrap, right? Yeah. And that's what it will be. But thanks everybody for listening. Thanks for joining me. Matt, go over to our Twitter, WS Marvel Comics. Follow us. We'll follow you back. Check out our website, weirdsciencemarvelcomics.com. Check out also our YouTube channel, Weird Science Comics, and our Patreon to help us out for everything we do. Patreon.com slash Weird Science. And we have a bunch of shows over there. Me and my man Matt here do a lot of the Marvel stuff we end up we're going through. And finishing up this week, probably the Secret Invasion event, yep. which is pretty cool. We, we have enjoyed we that. So you can go and listen to that amongst other things. But that is it. Thanks, everybody. And we'll talk to you later. You are all weirdos. Weird science is the revolution. Weird science is the revolution.